0: Hey, Craig.
1: He's got four stars on rivals. He's got four (laughs) stars on rivals. He's got four stars on rivals. We ignore the other services.
0: That's right. Four star. We got a four star wide receiver. I don't care that he's, uh, you know, only partially. I mean, he's like mid three star by 24 seven, but we're not going to pay any attention to that.
1: Wait, You always got to love the recruiting services that um, love you the most.
0: Oh, true. We only care about, you know, people who uh, love our recruits. If you don't love our recruits, then we have no time for you.
1: Absolutely. We have And no we patients. are Podcast Versus Everyone, and I'm Craig Powers, your host, and my co-host is Jeff Neusser. How are you doing today, Jeff?
0: I'm awesome, man. I've been painting my house. I'm covered with paint. Um so this is uh this is it's a good thing that this is an audio medium and not a uh, visual medium because I look haggard.
1: Well, on top of that I just uh I just went for a run. Yeah. I haven't showered yet.
0: So we can only imagine the state of our beards right now, which are disheveled and unruly.
1: I I, I trimmed mine down. Oh, that's bit. right, you did. It's a lot it's a lot shorter now. Yeah, how's
0: that how's that working out for you?
1: Pretty well. I yeah. finally got, uh, and uh, I finally broke down the significant other. She could not take it anymore. <laughs>
0: Amanda was like, "I've had it."
1: That was basically. I was just testing. I didn't really care about how much longer it went. I just wanted to see when she'll finally like start begging me Like what? Me to what stop. her breaking point is? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, hey, is everything okay really, out there? Yeah, it's really loud. Uh, oh my you know, gosh! Thing, I uh, have to have windows open because it's like eighty degrees outside. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um,
0: well, so. you know, and that's that's to be inspec- uh, expected since you live in the rodent infested city of Tacoma.
1: Wow, that is pretty true. There's we have a lot of rats. <laughs>
0: that is true. I saw a rat crawling <laughs> on the fence when I was at your house last.
1: Yeah.
0: We were drinking beer on the deck. I was like, Hey, check it out! There goes. Hey, a rat. rat,
1: squirrel. They're the same thing. Yeah. The fluff of your tail.
0: I know. Well, somebody I don't remember if it was you or somebody else. Someone was like, "Is that a rat or a mouse?" I'm like, "Yo, that's a rat." <laughs> <laughs> like like that is definite. I know a rat because I live, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I live in a in a fairly rural area. So we have our fair share of rodents and I have had rats taking up residence in my garage. And so I, I definitely know what a rat looks like.
1: Yeah. When you when you have garbage cans, you know, every five feet, the mm-hmm. rats will come. Uh, no so, doubt. Yeah, they we will find
0: in us. my garage. The problem was they found they found so obviously they're looking, they're always looking for food, right? Like that's a, that's a thing. They're always scavenging for food. And so I didn't think there was any food in my garage and there wasn't food in my garage, but I had some old, when we moved, I had some old, um, K cup pods and you wouldn't think that those would attract rats. But if the ones that I had in the garage were ones that, um, that I don't drink that came with the, keurig that were like flavored coffee because i don't like flavored coffee oh, i want my coffee to taste like coffee right yeah it's got sugar in it so they're like i'm finding these pods like all over the garage where the rats have like chewed into them and eaten the, and i'm just like oh my god it's so filthy disgusting i hate rodents i hate rodents so whatever yep uh
1: we, we had a pack rat uh take residence in- in our in our car when amanda drove out to colville on the Ugh. east part of the state but uh it seemed to have uh, leapt from the car in the drive back but it definitely chewed on some uh some some like um there's like a, a pad that's always some sort of heat shield thing on top of the engine yeah and it definitely chewed on that a bit but it seems to be gone had a rodent guy come listen and look around but anyways so this is not rodent hour um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's
0: let's not talk about the rodents let's let's talk about something great like beer
1: yeah so it is national IPA day as we are recording this I uh I don't know the origin of that holiday um but I'm sure that the producers of IPAs really enjoy it because um, lots of people are drinking IPAs yeah um so Jeff uh are you drinking an IPA for national IPA day
0: yeah, so I did. I went into the fridge for an IPA and I found a, uh, a relapse cold IPA from Wayfinder. And if you're wondering what makes a cold IPA different from another IPA, um, apparently it is cold filtered or cold, cold something cold, brewed cold for maximum drinkability, which I think is kind of a funny little nod to, uh, I don't know, Coors Light or something. But, Definitely. Um, but it actually is. So one of the things I found really interesting about it as I was pouring it was um, it's very light colored for an IPA. Um, it, it basically looks like a light beer, is what it looks like. And uh, but it is it's definitely an IPA. It's very hoppy, um, but it's very sort of clear. Like I said, the the, the color is is very light, um, and so it's it's just this very like easy drinkable beer that. And I know that um, a lot of people will be like, you know like on a hot summer day, right they'll be like, i I don't want to drink an IPA that's like too much for my stomach um this is definitely the kind of IPA that you could drink on a hot summer day like today where it's like eighty five degrees out and uh, and definitely not feel weighted down so yeah this this was an excellent choice and I know we had let's see we had a wayfinder beer. I think when I came over to your house so I think yes, we had we that strong lager, I think is what that yep. was. So, so yeah, this is excellent. Would, would highly recommend it on a, on a hot summer day. Very good.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Um, Wayfinder great out of Portland. Uh, like I said a few weeks ago, um, nice place to visit, great porch and, uh, yeah, they make, uh, some very solid beverages. Um, yeah. So I am also drinking an IPA cause it is IPA day. Um, I am drinking a, co- a beer that is a, a collaboration with a museum. Um, so this is uh, King Sioux uh, Double IPA by uh, Toppling Goliath Brewing. And Toppling Goliath is in Iowa, in Northern Iowa. And it is, uh, the, it is in collaboration with the Field Museum in Chicago. King Sioux is the name of the big T-Rex, uh, fossil in the field museum. So that's what it's named after is, uh, so it's got a dinosaur on the can. Ooh. Ooh. Um, it's definitely a, a hazy IPA, um, Topping Goliath, uh, definitely one of the, uh, kind of more renowned breweries, more highly rated breweries in the U S, uh, they, uh, I mean, you kind of have to be for people to know who you are in, in Decorah, Iowa. Um, they actually make uh, some of the more highly, uh, kind of the highest secondary value beers in, in, in the game. They, uh, so they, uh, they brew this beer called um, Kentucky Brunch Breakfast Stout. Um, so it's barrel aged out with like maple and coffee and whatever. Mm. Um, that uh, sounds which, delicious. Which lots of breweries make that, but uh, th- that variation. But if whatever, for whatever reason, I've never had it because um, you know some of the older versions. Uh, I believe it was batch two and three were trading for upwards around twelve hundred dollars um, for a twelve uh, ounce bottle. Whoa! Um, yeah. How does um, that happen? as it's just uh, the rarity plus uh it's 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 like rarity plus quality plus hype um it's equals a lot of money um and and uh toppling goliath has all that um it's pretty funny so they um they wanted to you know they they sell the you know they sell the initial price was pretty expensive i mean they usually sell them for like 40 bucks Um, but, uh, they, uh, I believe one of the years was aged in like Pappy Van Winkle barrels or something. So that aid that added to the hype. Um, but, uh, um, so they, they, uh, what they, they did one time was take that beer that was, you know, kind of selling for $1,200 on the secondary or black market, if you want to call it. And they put it, um, they put it for sale on premise. So you could drink it on premise at their tap room. And they put it for $500. <laughs> and so people flipped out like, yeah. oh, how could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing is these people that totally deal in this like secondary market game that were flipping out about the brewery, just trying to get some of that money too. When there's, you know, these are guys that buy the beer for $40 and then flip it for 1200 And then they're mad that the brewery wants to get in on some of that money. Um, so uh yeah, the, but the funny thing is, people bought the beer because, I mean, if you really, really want to try it, $1,200 versus $500, and, and you got the money, you're just going to go buy a plane ticket to Decor, Iowa. Or if you're from Chicago, like I think it's like three hour drive or something, which is probably where most of those people came from. Yeah. But yeah, they they do a few other big releases uh, that get really high, high trade values. Um, so Decor, Little Decor, Iowa gets. Uh, a, a flood of neck-bearded chubby dudes like a couple times a year whenever they do a big release they always do like a raffle for tickets to go to the release so it's like it's pretty crazy um, i tried to enter one year for that uh kbbs but I, I did not win the raffle i did have a friend who worked for amazon who just uh, uh wrote a wrote a code so that he would be picked um, but, uh, but I, w- I won't say <laughs> that's how that you, was that's um, how you
0: put your uh, knowledge to work
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah so uh, so yeah uh, but yeah this is very tasty I've, it's It's an excellent IPA I've had it many many times um, it's delicious and I, I really enjoy it so I thought it would be a great one I had one in my yeah. fridge at this moment so I thought it would be a great one um, to show off today um, just very, very well done uh, one of the better hazies I've had, so uh, well done, Toppling Goliath. I'm never going to spend twelve hundred dollars to try that beer.
0: Okay, and- now here's here's the question I have for you though. What is this? May not be a question you want to answer. I don't know, but like, but like, what's when you think about okay, how much you're willing to spend on a beer? Like, what what's your limit? Like, if it was like the right beer, what what would you be like? Okay, I would spend up to blank for the 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 right
1: beer. Well, um if you would ask me pre Beatrix, and now, <laughs> pre- it, okay, it of course kids change everything. Slightly different. Yeah, kids change everything. But like if you would ask me uh, 2 years ago or 3 years ago before Amanda was pregnant, um like if it was like someone was like you can pay $300 to try the, you know, but you get the bottle of the beer like uh, that goes or i you know i probably would have like been so fomo which i was like in serious fomo mode at that point yeah um like that i would have been like oh yeah i would have done it but now i probably won't i i found myself like even some of these is like there, there's like sellers of like beer like stores online that will just kind of jack up the prices to kind of fit like closer to secondary values than actual price so like you know so they can make some money like they're regular craft beer stores but they've got a license to sell online and ship beyond states and so i'll get that like i used to you know buy like lambic off those a lot more um and then you know but really like uh because even some of the the ones in belgium where you can buy the beer for a fraction of the cost they'll jack it up because they know a bunch of americans are shopping i used to do that a lot more but now i weighed uh like I, I still do buy beer from Belgium sometimes, but like it's like uh, direct from the brewery and then they just have like someone else ship it for them. So it's like you get the beer for like crazy low price and then you just have to pay like more for shipping than the beer cost. Uh, but you get like a bunch of beer for, that you could never get unless you like went to Belgium. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I did, um, so I had not been doing that for a while uh, just because I was tired of doing that, but uh, I, I I'm su- sure my my price is much lower now. It it's and it also depends on what the beer is. I don't I don't know. Like I I used to, like, like I I like one time we were in San Francisco, and when I was like really starting to get into lambic, like there was uh uh there was like uh it was my birthday, and. There, there's this Cantillon Creek which I've had a bunch now and you can get in at the brewery in Belgium for like $5 um, but it, at in this bar in San Francisco is they had it and it was $55 and um, but I was like it's my birthday I'm gonna splurge and honestly like $55 is not that much compared to what I I've, you know, I've definitely paid more than that for bottles of beer before um, or uh shots of whiskey <laughs> uh yeah. But, yeah but yeah so uh I, I don't really know what that price is uh i'm not sure um it, it's it's higher it's <laughs> higher like it than, depends it's higher than most people but it's, it's not as definitely high as it, higher than mine i know but that. but it but it's not as high as it used to be which yeah is, which is good
0: well i think i think i may have told this story on the podcast before so i'll keep it short if, if anybody heard it but like i remember the first time i bought what was to me a very expensive bottle of beer Yeah,
1: so you've definitely told the story yeah
0: and we you know i I took it up and there was no tag on it and then it was you know 30 bucks and i was like oh my
1: god you know it's, it's, we, it's funny one of the uh beers that i just i actually broke down and i bought from one of those online stores it's because they had a, a what you bought was a bottle logic beer yeah and uh the favorite one i've had from them is their vanilla stout Barrel aged vanilla style mm-hmm. called Fundamental Observation. Yeah. And there's this place that I shop online that got a, they got a shipment of it. So um, I think I paid like 35 bucks for just for the bottle. But yeah. and then you have to fill your, you have to fill your, uh, your um, box to six beers to get, mm-hmm. get it. So I bought like, you know, f- four cheaper beers and then I found another like expensive bottle of beer to throw in there. But yeah. I did resist the majorly overpriced lambic um, (laughs) this time for that but i did this shell out the shipping plus like just to get that one beer i mean but i did get five other beers with it so it wasn't like just shipping for that one beer right but yeah so yeah it was um i definitely uh uh you know i finally broke down just because um i really like that beer and then people that I trust say this version this year's version is really really good and like yeah. better than last year so so I'm I'm stoked to get it um, next week and uh, probably drink it in like two years or so who knows I would uh, say
0: that that my upper limit would be I've worked my way up to like in the 20s like that's where like I'm willing to go if if it's right generally for a special occasion my issue is like I don't generally have people to share them with. So, like if I buy you know a twenty two ounce bomber or whatever, like that's you know I'm sitting there well, I'm not gonna drink a twenty two ounce you know barrel aged you know whatever by myself, I mean, I guess I could, but i I generally prefer not to right so but i you know i'm I'm much more willing now than I used to be to spend you know ten to twenty dollars on a you know a pint or whatever five hundred milliliters um to consume by myself, so I guess, I guess that means I move in your direction, but I always make sure to stock my fridge with, you know, like a six-pack of Bodhi or something to to fill the gaps at a reasonable price.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's even funny, probably there's a point in your life when you wouldn't have thought that the 12-pack of Bodhi or six-pack of Bodhi for like $10.99 was not a reasonable price. Like yeah, no.
0: Sure. That definitely, there was definitely a time in my life where I'd be like, ah. <laughs> That's a little much when there's this whatever dischutes something for seven ninety nine or there's over here. Or there's
1: Henry Weinhardt's for five ninety nine or whatever. Um yeah, so that's beer. Uh you got a little extra beer, a little extra rodent talk today. Yeah, rodent talk. Uh, but let's move into the cougs. Our top twenty five cougs.
0: Yeah. They come in rank number twenty-one uh yeah how are you feeling about that
1: feeling damn, pretty damn good um that doesn't happen very often for wsu we do not get ranked in the preseason very often we, we no. kind of expected it to happen uh given that wsu won the bowl game which is it's it's kind of hilarious that it is but it, it is a big driver for a lot of these uh voters yeah like they see what the last game was yep. um but uh but, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was it was very nice to see. 21's a nice spot, you know. Uh, yep. Uh, you can kind of see, so you got, um, you have Washington is at 12, Oregon at 13, Utah at 15, and Stanford at 23. Um, so that's kind of how you figure to shake out. That's kind of how the Pac-12 North has been. Very deep league, but no uh um, without an elite with, without an elite team, which yeah. uh obviously UW got into the uh college playoff a couple years ago, but um in the last uh few couple seasons basically you've had a, a top ten ish team and, and then a bunch of teams in you know the fifteen to twenty five range. Right. right. Um so yeah obviously four of the five ranked Pac-12 teams are the Pac-Twelve North Um, which is that's pretty much how difficult the division has been since WC's went on this run, which kind of makes it all the more impressive, really. Um, and and so, yeah, we have that uh number 21 ranking. I feel it's really cool to be ranked, you know, like um, um, uh, when we uh take the field because I assume they'll be ranked uh by the AP as well, probably around the same spot. I think Um, so. so, it'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, assuming they can um, not fall to uh, that first game or FCS curse in the second game, uh, uh, they, they can head into that Utah ESPN Friday night matchup with a with a number next to their name, and I'm sure ESPN would love that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion actually that being ranked preseason is huge. It is like a really, really, really big deal. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, whatever, it's just a preseason ranking, it doesn't really matter. You know, to put it in terms that I think a lot of fans maybe don't think about this way, but, but, you know, we, we, uh, to put it in the game day terms. So we, we obsessed over game day, right. For however many years. and, And it finally happened last year. And honestly, one of the major things that was always working against us for game day was this idea that, okay, so first of all, game day they want to go someplace that's like a marquee game, right? Well, a marquee game is necessarily going to involve two ranked teams. Okay. So when you don't start the year ranked, then your ability to be one of those games is is gone, right? So unless you unless you are in the top 25 and the other teams in the top 25, it's pretty much a non-starter.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're basically cutting off half of your season right. at least, because exactly. it's really hard to get into exactly. the top twenty five if so you don't start. So every
0: there. year that we have not been, you know, every year that we were waiting and being like, "Hey, maybe we can have game day," it, you're essentially cutting off the first six games as being any possibility. Po- one reason is because okay, our non-conference opponents are all weak. Okay, great, because those that's those are the only people we can get to come to Pullman. And then okay so then we also have to be ranked and the opponent has to be ranked right and so when you're not starting out ranked it's tough to break in like you said because you know early in the season teams aren't losing many games you know you're not having teams they're not knocking each other off you know a lot of teams are playing cupcakes like we are so it's just sort of like it becomes this situation where it's very tough to move in you know especially if you're already in the top 20 I mean if you're a number you know number 15 I mean okay let's say for example Oregon versus Auburn, right? Which is, you know, to start the season, both of them are ranked. It's going to be a big game. Well, one of them is going to lose. Whichever one loses isn't dropping all the way out of the top 25, right? So it's really, and then the other teams are playing cupcakes and whatever. So it's really, really tough to break in. And we saw back in 2017, when we started ranked in the AP poll, we started uh, number 24. You know, we got all the way up to number eight after beating USC Right. Like, and that's just, I mean, the first four games was really just sort of taking care of business. And yeah, if, then, they would,
1: if they would have started, you know, not, you know, maybe 50th, then right. they're not getting that.
0: Right, so if they start, you know, as, as one of the ones at the bottom, you know, others receiving votes, right? You know, I mean, where do they where do they peak in that season? Now, I know they ended up finishing the season, not ranked, but you really can't, um, you know, you, you, you really can't, uh, you know, put a value on what that means to be ranked before the season because it just keeps you in the conversation all season long. And then the other thing is this, you know, as we talked about last season, as we were talking about the college football playoff stuff, I know we started the podcast after all those things were done, but, um, you know, I wrote a pretty lengthy post on how the college football playoff rankings are seem to be, um, nobody will acknowledge this, but they seem to be very heavily influenced by preseason notions of how good a team actually is instead of looking at actual results you know they're looking at okay well how good is the team before the season and then how good is the conference they play in so that when they lose how bad is that you know and losing to Washington took a you know a 10 win Washington State team dropped them from you know whatever number 10 to to number 14 or whatever it was like it was it was a pretty significant drop and you, you had this ranking where you had teams with like maybe nine or 10 wins uh or you know even eight wins in some instances ranked above a team uh with 10 wins so you know it just it was really frustrating and 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 there's really no substitute for being looked at as a strong team going into the season and it's not like you know number 21 is overly strong but still being in that conversation having that number next to your name when you you know beat you know, New Mexico State and northern, Northern Colorado or Northern Arizona, whatever, whichever team we're playing second. Um, you know, you go down to Houston, probably win that game with a number next to your name on the road on a game that's going to be on national TV on ESPN. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, you're moving into that fourth game. Uh, you know, against Utah, potentially. You know, both teams being ranked, and um, and that's a really good place to be. So yeah, I I know a lot of people want to dismiss these preseason polls as just oh it's just the preseason it doesn't really matter. You know, I contend it actually matters a lot.
1: Well, yeah, and I it, the the frustrating thing I, we we have seen the college football playoff committee kind of divert from what the uh, the pol- the pollsters are doing, and the but it's really not that often. Um, I, I think they are definitely influenced by when they're watching those early season games, what like the seven or eight games before they get to the point where they're they're um, actually making the rankings themselves it, it, it's, it's hard to get past when you're watching that game when there's numbers next to those teams because like because you you always see important subscribe to teams wins when they get early season wins over ranked teams over teams that eventually fall off and aren't yep. even ranked yep so like you get that you get that like marquee win you get credited for it. Yep. Um, and it's the other way around like if, the, if if you're just every time you're on TV you got that number next to your name like it's just human nature those I, I don't care how objective those uh, playoff committee people think they are like they're gonna they're gonna think like oh yeah this team is good they've been ranked all year they they, mu- they must be good yeah um, so yeah and and you know from a conference standpoint having uh, this many teams that can start ranked and then maybe get Two Pac-12 plays still ranked it is a big deal, especially if you know they can take care of business early games. Um, you know, if Oregon beats Auburn, they're going to be uh, you know maintaining their Maybe even moving like even though Auburn's you know not ranked in the top ten, like Oregon going and beating them might give them a little boost in the in the rankings, and and then and then suddenly all these matchups that happen in the first half of the Pac-12 season. Are much bigger stakes and and suddenly like the Pac-12 is viewed a- as a better conference and and yep. and and so yeah it's it's just a, it's a big deal um, it's I mean it, you can think it's stupid and you're probably not wrong yep. uh, but 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 <laughs> but but, but, it, but it but it influences things and yeah honestly like think about this like and I I, I I've come around to believing that it does influence Uh, recruiting perceptions as well. Yeah, I think so. And so if if these kids are coming to Pullman or they're watching, they know they're getting recruited by WSU and they see them on TV and they're ranked, like, suddenly, like, and I always, it's, uh, I'm not sure how much it impacts fan perception given that uh, I think we were ranked uh, number 11 when Arizona came to town and, uh the stadium was half full but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that um,
0: game was also like it was also 20 degrees you know, yeah it was 20 degrees or whatever, but I bet.
1: but you know you i don't know how many times wc's been ranked that highly in a you know i think that was they were number 8 for that one actually i don't um but yeah i mean just like i i was in australia so and i didn't go to the game so i don't i don't have any you know i don't have a hill to stand yeah, on yeah where were you yeah come
0: on craig hey Get I, with I, it. hey
1: hey my sister was. My sister <laughs> <Your> si- <laughs> was had her ass in my seat. And and
0: I think if we're all being honest, you know, she was probably a more passionate fan than you were, anyway. So that's fine. She's definitely is, louder.
1: She she is pretty damn loud. She is loud. By the way, she, yes, we were. number She was eight pregnant probably. by then, though, so yeah. she was not drunk.
0: Yes, we were number eight. By the way. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, it's look, you know, that game was a perfect example when we went from. Uh, we beat a team 69 to 28 and didn't move in the college football playoff it was sort of like you know the die was cast at that point I mean we just kind of went okay you know I mean what do we got to do well apparently there's nothing to be done you know you beat the hell out of a team you know with 60 hang 69 on them and then people just go yeah that's nice and (laughs) it's nice it is nice that's true but it's like you know you don't move up after doing that and then you drop you know, whatever, five spots or six spots after losing to Washington, it's like, whatever. So, anyway, one thing I found interesting, so I, I know we'll talk about this in a minute because camp's getting ready to open up. Um, so Mike Leach had his uh camp opening, uh, well, it's not really open yet, but um, just sort of his pre camp uh teleconference call. And one of the things, uh, one of the questions he was asked was about the ranking, and I sort of expected him to be a little bit like, um, you know, ah, we don't pay any attention to that. We just want to be us and we just want to do what we do and whatever. Um, but he actually didn't do that. He actually kind of said, it's good. I'm pleased, you know? And I was like, actually, you know, I think coaches, I think it maybe it gets back a little bit to, um, you know, the point that you were making where, you know, the, the, the ways that it impacts recruiting and the ways that it impacts the way, you know, the players feel about themselves. I mean, look, we, listen, we all would love to say that we don't need external validation to feel good about ourselves. But I mean, we're all human and we all love that little, you know, hey, you're awesome, right? I mean, it's like, that's that's what it means to be ranked before the season is it's a little, hey, you're good. And somebody else is validating the work that you've done. And um, so, you know, and you, obviously I think you probably want to go out and prove that you're worthy of that. So oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I,
1: you know, I did the STP a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I have, uh they gave they gave us a hat at the end that yep. says finisher yep. on it and i i mean it's not even my type of hat it's very much like a dad hat and you know i usually wear like the 59 50s and stuff like that yep and but i've i've worn the heck out of that hat listen <laughs> i
0: can see hey Right next to me hanging on my wall is my medal that I got for finishing the Seattle Rock and Roll Half Marathon five years ago or whatever. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah, I did that. You know, <laughs> like I love having that hang on my wall because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did that. You know, so, yeah. So the the validation, I mean, obviously, I'm not walking around wearing the medal. That would be. That'd be weird, but, um, you know, well, I definitely if it was made into a hat. Then maybe maybe if it was a hat, I'd do it, but yeah, it, you know, I, it's just, yeah. You, you know, you love someone to say, yeah, you're doing a good job. And I think, um, you know, being ranked preseason, especially in a season where, I mean, let's be honest, You know, WSU losing their starting quarterback, you know, typically that's a signal of, okay. you know, it's it's rebuild time. Right. And um, I think it's a nod to the program that Mike Leach has built.
1: Yes. And
0: and, you know, more more so than anything else, you know, it it, it seems like and and I know uh, PJ wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. PJ writes about like the, the greatest topics. Um, you know, he wrote about how every Sunday you know, morning, I know, like the best like it, the best are. Uh, things on there. They're great, and he always thinks of something interesting, you know, and discussion worthy to write about. And you know, he wrote about how there, there's sort of this popular opinion within, you know, Cougar fans that you know somehow the media is out to get us or you know like the Rodney Dangerfield we get no respect and it's like um probably true but also well earned over you know a 100 years of football right of of not really you know being relevant and and so you don't that's not where you get the bet you don't get the benefit of the doubt when you've been you know pretty irrelevant for the better part and of recruiting the rankings there's a lot yeah of things and recruiting rankings aren't great or whatever. Um, you know, so this I think is a nod to hey, you know, Mike Leach, um, all he does is have awesome teams that win games, even at a place like Washington State. And so I think it's a validation of what he's built where now where now we get to start uh, getting the benefit of the doubt in a way that, that we really never did, where we go, ah, eh, we don't know who the quarterback's gonna be, but whoever it is, is gonna be fine. And and I think and you know, as fans, I mean I think I think we feel that too.
1: Yeah, and and that's it. Like, and we've talked about this already but yeah I mean the the validation that there, there's belief in the program beyond you know your crazy WSU fan because even you know you and I try to you know we're not objective but we try to assess the team from an objective perspective mm-hmm. um, and, and we've talked about this you know in the past couple of weeks how it's just like hard to do at this point because um, you want to look at recruiting rankings and you want to look at You want to look at the the guys that left and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, we just can't possibly be good again. And maybe not eleven wins good again, but you know what? What do you got to be to top twenty five team is be like eight and four, and well, that's the thing. Like since WC was starting out as twenty first, eight and four, nine and four, eight and five might get them a a finished ranking in the top twenty five. Where if they didn't start there, they might. We already just talked about that, but yep. But yeah, so obviously, you know, there's there's a validation that you know we're one of the you know i i wouldn't say 21 is one of the big boys but uh we're definitely a, have a, a seat at the table um and given that this is wsu that's pretty awesome after four consecutive years of good and and um, by all accounts uh, uh uh you know at least another season of uh, i mean like what's what's the floor now I don't know what anyone wants to say about this <laughs> but but like there is no floor as we know yeah but, uh, we, <laughs> we know
0: there is no floor we're uh, we're we are cougar fans we are mariners fans we are yep whatever fans we we were sonics fans and i mean that's the true floor right your team up in Paxa and leaves town so
1: i don't know like uh I mean, would it, have been, it would have been so terrible if just in 2000 and two, 2008 and two thousand eight and two thousand nine, WSU just took the season off?
0: <laughs> death penalty with death pen that that might just full okay, so SMU. Next, okay, so hang on. So next off season, when we're looking for a topic, we need to write this down on on the Google Doc. That would it have been preferable to have received the death penalty for two years? Well, that, I mean, that I'm we sure can talk about like, that one so next summer.
1: There was an Apple Cup win in there, so. So, that'll probably disqualify it. We don't get many of those anymore. No. Um, no. But, yeah. So, um, let's... uh, We're going to talk about fall camp opening. But uh, before that, Jeff, what do you think? Commercial break?
0: Commercial break. And we're back. Woo! Woo! That commercial was great.
1: Man, it had me on the edge of my seat
0: yeah yeah how about that
1: yeah so good so Um, good what a great podcast and or product
0: Mm, mm. yeah you should totally subscribe and or buy that product
1: yeah so fall camp is starting uh what what day? wait hold on what day is it jeff august (sighs) 1st today is august 1st um what that's let me look at my calendar it's squarely in summer
0: it is so that's it, true. Must, it
1: must go to fall then. No, no, <laughs> no. Know. The season starts before that.
0: That is true. You that's and good. Vince Grippy. Vince Grippy loves that one. Vince Grippy of the of the spokesman review and the erstwhile uh, beat writer of uh, of the Cougs for the spokesman. And the That's always one of. And the athletic. That's true. He did some stuff for the athletic last year. Uh, yeah, that's one of his pet peeves, which I understand as a, as a newspaper well, you, former newspaper guy myself. It's, te- it's not accurate.
1: Te- tell those it kids it's going to be. Uh, f- that it's fall and it's gonna be a hundred degrees in lewiston <laughs> that's
0: right as it's yeah 100 degrees for the next 40s it, it is funny the the lewiston part is is sort of hilarious because um you know i think that first year they were down there when the operations building was was being constructed and they had you know whatever like uh you know they were they had construction equipment on rogers field or whatever it was um and they went down there, I think they went down there wasn't it like a full week? was it maybe even more than that? Was it yeah. maybe like ten days? yep, something was, like that. Yeah. It was pretty extended, so people make a big deal about the team going to Lewiston now they go for like four days now, and that includes like the day that they travel down yeah, there and then like the day it's that like they summer come camp back. it's yeah, like yeah. it's
1: it's it's like you know you, you say goodbye to your parents and
0: yeah. And the you know the reality is that uh, you know the temperature is ridiculous. The fields are shitty. Like it's just you know whatever. You go down there, they practice for a couple of days. We pray they, for knees. Exactly. They practice for a couple of days in shorts and helmets, and then they practice for a couple of days with some mild contact, and then they come back. So uh, I think it's more of a of a team bonding thing than anything else. Um, and I think it's valuable. I don't. I'm not. I'm not downplaying it. I'm just like you know whatever. I mean it's you know, it's, it's, it's what it is nowadays. And, um, you know, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. But man, this means that football season is, is nigh
0: bro. It is so close. We're going to have a football game this month,
1: this freaking month, man,
0: which is both like, so it's both awesome and depressing for me. Because that means also um, my summer vacation is uh, about three weeks away, three and a half weeks away from being more or less over. Hey, you know what, pal? You know what? I chose this profession for a reason, (laughs) okay? I'm just going to say that out loud. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, but You can it go is, back
1: to work in your 60 hour weeks to make up for the, uh, I know. two months that you don't work. It's, it's actually
0: preferable right now. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like, I always tell people, I'm like, it's comp time. I swear to God, it's comp time. Um, but yeah, you know, I can go back from, you know, instead of working for, you know, eight hours a day painting my house, I can go back to work 10 hours a day, you know, teaching kids stuff. But anyway, Hey, so first game is about four weeks away. Summer camp is starting. Um, so I listened. I mentioned I listened to this Mike Leach uh, conference call, which was stunningly short and and bland. And and that wasn't really Leach's fault either. Um, the uh, <laughs> the the reporters didn't really ask that many questions. So I didn't have any questions prepared because I was like, eh, you know, I'm sure the questions will be good. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Um, you know whatever uh it wasn't but but there were some things i should have ne- next time i'll have some questions uh but one of the things let's see okay so let me kind of go down the list i took some notes uh some things that that he talked about obviously quarterback was kind of a big um a big topic of, of discussion um one of the things he mentioned so for fans kind of wondering uh the quarterback he said the quarterback reps that would be basically the same as last year um, just sort of in how they narrowed down from, you know, three guys competing to one guy being the starter. So you're going to have a couple weeks of where, you know, all three guys are getting lots of reps. Uh, they'll sort of winnow it down to two, maybe for like a week. And then, you know, for the last week, week and a half, you'll, you'll have the one guy, the one guy leading it. And As we've talked about, you know, we, we both anticipate that being Gage Cabrude, but, um, you know, obviously Leach was, was non-committal on that front, you know, didn't want to um, talk about that. One of the things that, that I found was interesting was, you know, he kind of said that, um, you know, that he wanted to, uh, that, that yeah, he would love to have his starter, you know, locked in like right now. Um, and, and so he wanted to, he said, yeah, in an ideal world, you know, we would do that um but he said that you know we don't always have an ideal world and 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 in this case you know he wants to have um as many qbs as as many sorry as many good qbs as he possibly can competition will make everyone better um so you know he just kind of talked about how um you know part of you know getting giving these reps to different guys yeah part of it is the competition piece in terms of trying to figure out who the, uh, you know, who the starter is going to be, but part of it also was the competition piece of, Hey, you know, we want everyone to get better. Um, we want everyone to get reps. We want everyone to, um, you know, have a chance to, you know, show what they can do, but also, you know, look, you never know which of those guys you're going to need. I mean, you know, we've had years in WSU football where we've needed a third quarterback, um, so for all you know, three or four of those guys I mentioned, you know, in addition to Gabrud and Gordon and Tinsley, you know, Cam and Cooper will get some meaningful reps. Um, you know, even you know, obviously spring game notwithstanding, I, I can tell you the coaches I think are pretty high on him. So. Um, you know, you, you'll get a chance, those guys will each get a chance to get some meaningful reps, um, both in the name of showing what they could do at potentially starting, but also in the name of just, you know, getting live reps and, and, and practicing. So so that was uh, kind of the first thing. Um, another thing he talked about, he talked about Dion McIntosh. You know, the funny thing was that he was actually asked about Dion McIntosh, didn't really offer a whole lot of thoughts um, in terms of McIntosh specifically. Which I found kind of interesting because McIntosh um, was a guy who he, you know, sort of directly answered about at Media Day, said, you know, they were excited, thought he was explosive, et cetera. Um, really talked more, just a little bit more, really, about Markov and Dubots. Um, so take that for whatever it's worth. Hopefully that doesn't mean that there's, you know, he just kind of said, hey, we'll see with Macintosh Maybe he just wanted to, you know, put it out there. A lot of the things that he says, a lot of things coaches say, um, you know, have to do with, you uh, you know messages to the players themselves, and not necessarily messages uh, to fans. So, you know maybe that was part of it. Didn't really talk about. He said you know he wasn't really worried about um, not having necessarily a uh, a leader on defense in in, in the way of Peyton Palour, or Jalen Thompson. You know kind of mentioned Jihad Woods has been doing a good job with that. Um, he said you know that that he can be maybe a little bit more of a vocal leader, but also said they didn't think you know a vocal leader was essential. I uh, see so, you know, it's kind of what coaches are for. Um, and then he went on, of course, in, in Mike Leach fashion, somebody asked him about some NCAA rules, one about um, blindside hits, where I guess there's a new rule this year on blindside hits downfield. I don't know exactly what the specifics are, but I, I guess it might come into play with some of the hits our receivers, sometimes level on other guys blocking downfield. Uh, basically, he just his message was like, I'm not a fan of over legislating the sport, which is a very, you know, sort of Mike Leach thing, um, particularly given his uh, his conservative viewpoint in terms of policies and regulations. And then uh, he talked about Skylar Thomas. Uh, and this was actually, I think, the most interesting thing to me. Um, you know, he, this was his most sort of detailed um, sort of endorsement of a singular player. Talk about Skylar Thomas is really good on the blitz um that one of the things he's actually really good at that a lot of people don't know is is rushing the passer nice. um and so he moved down to nickel during the spring down from, uh, I can't remember. free. I think he was playing free safety, um, and I think Jalen Thompson was playing strong safety. But anyway, moved down to nickel during spring. It sounds like they want him to stay at nickel. Um, he says he's very effective at nickel. Um, so whatever happens in the back end uh, with the departure of Jalen Thompson, um, it sounds like they really don't want to move Skylar Thomas back there. So I found that really interesting because um, I think we all kind of thought, you know, okay, you've got Skylar Thomas, you've got Bryce Beekman. You know, who's the Juco kid that, that people are pretty high on? Um, who's that third person? Don't know. And it's going to be some combination of the three of those guys. Um, it sounds like they really want to keep Thomas there. So anyway, I know that was a lot. Was there anything in there that sort of piqued your interest or, or caught your fancy as as you were sort of hearing about it?
1: Well, um, I mean, if you got four quarterbacks, you don't have one.
0: That's true. That is true. Or, That's or math. Or, or,
1: or you have... Uh or 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 you have uh, or you're just in really good shape which is more how I feel about that. Yeah, that um uh, cuz as we've talked about many times before um Gabrud, Gordon, Tinsley, even probably Cooper, I'd probably feel okay with that that offense and what they've got to work with. Um, a- as far as uh, the blindside blocks peak matters cuz I actually totally missed that. I didn't know that they changed that rule um, so um, I looked it up. The under the new rules, a player who delivers a blindside block anywhere to an opponent's body with forcible contact will earn a 15-yard personal foul penalty. And previously, you had to hit them in the head or neck or below the waist for it to be illegal. So now they've moved. They've added the torso to that rule. So you just can't. You
0: know someone's going to get screwed by some bullshit call.
1: Absolutely. That. That's see that's and and that's where Leech's point rings true. Is that like these? Like, what the hell's a blindside block? Like, when, when on punt returns and kick returns, like everything's a blindside block. Like, right? I mean, I mean, Jesus, like you just can't hit a guy, like who's near. Like, how are you gonna know? Like, do you have to like, like do you think like when they're running, and they can't even hit them like in the in the chest? Right. Like because they might not be looking at them or like what? How do you even define that? That's just that. This is gonna this is gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be like chaos in the first three games, and then the rest are just gonna stop calling. One hundred percent. You know it's
0: gonna end up on Sports Center. Someone's gonna get hit hard on a normal what, what everyone considers a normal football hit, and then some. You know, Pac-12 refs gonna throw a flag, and the whole nation's gonna lose their shit. And it's gonna be like, oh, you know, it's. I mean, it's so ambiguous. It, it's it's crazy, and I, I understand what Leach is talking about on that one.
1: Well, we now you, now you can see why coaches want to schedule soft at the start of the year. You know, you don't you don't want the start of the year when the refs are trying to figure out new rules, God. and your players are trying to figure out those new rules. Like to, to have a fifteen yard penalty right. matter because you know right. hopefully that doesn't matter against. Northern can you Colorado. imagine if one
0: happens in like Auburn, Oregon?
1: oh I, you know I'm, I'm, fairly confident it will. Like I just, because uh, how do you teach? How do you teach kids not to uh, like on a punt return? Like well,
0: Leach that. actually, Leach actually talked about that. He was like, you know, what we do is we teach them, you know, make sure your he heads around, make sure you square up, and and then and then hit him, right? But, you know, but he's now like,
1: it's like you you got to make sure their heads around and they're square right. to you.
0: So, like, what are you supposed to? Do? Are you supposed to not block the guy?
1: Yeah, I yeah, like I...
0: you're supposed to let him go? Are you supposed to shove him? I mean, what what are you supposed to do? Well, yeah. If your what, responsibility you know, is to block a guy and he's not sp- looking,
1: going at full speed, uh, a little shove looks a lot worse, you know, because he can easily knock you off balance and then you're flying because these are strong dudes and like a little shove from a from a dude who bench presses 400 pounds. Yeah, like, I mean, how <laughs> many
0: penalties would Robert Lewis have gotten over oh, the last, yeah. you know, five years? Right? I well, mean, he and, was like the king of those.
1: Well, and the, I mean, really, these type of blocks like happen in it's not just WSU's offense, like everyone's offense now. Yeah. Because they're running those pick plays. Uh-huh. Um, and those are built on blindside blocks, you know? Uh-huh. Like, were they going to – I don't know. It's just – I I can see why Leach would give his sort of statement on it because, um, yeah, it just is going to make – and I know you talk about this all the – like, at least to me, and you've probably written about it a few times. Is like every time they add one of these rules, it just makes things harder like you wrote about yeah. it with the targeting rule um, after the USC game. Every time they had a rule, every time they had a specific part of it, they just make it harder for the refs. They give them, a, they give it, they give yep. another reason for them to screw up. Yep. Which, by the way, the targeting rules now. Um,
0: yep, those have changed. It, a little.
1: It has to be confirmed. It cannot be. Um, it cannot be uh, a stand yep. or whatever. So it has to be confirmed that it was targeting on. Review and now I believe. Um, is it an either or? Uh, with players who so instead of um, the uh, being disqualified from the game and then possibly disqualify for the first half of the next game, if it's the second half, now it's if you get three over the course of the season, um, you'll be suspended for a game, yep, which is kind of more like a soccer rule, right? Um that uh, seems legit to me actually. That sounds a lot better than uh you're out for this game and then half an hour. Right. Like, that was such a weird rule. Yep.
0: I wrote about this a little bit when I wrote about uh, Pac-12 sounds- Media Day and the refs and and Larry Scott, one of the he talked about the the ref review. Well, one of the things that it sounds like the Pac-12 is doing is they're having one supervisor review all of the targeting penalties, which seems like a fantastic idea. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. yeah, one guy who makes all those decisions and says, okay, you know, yeah, it checks off. And what it there's like five elements? I don't even remember what they are. But it's like five elements. Like, okay, it's got to check off all five elements. Otherwise, it's not targeting. Even if there was a flag flown on the, thrown on the field, it's not targeting if it doesn't check all these five boxes. If one of them's missing, it's not targeting. So I, I really, I think that part is going to be good you know, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, and that seems like an effort to sort of maybe dial it back just a little bit. But, you know, it's frustrating. You know, I really side with Leach on this one just in general, that the idea of, you know, thinking you can sort of legislate the game of football is, you know, and listen, I'm a guy who's like, no, my kids can't play <laughs> to tackle football. You know, I mean, I'm like, take care of your brain. So I'm probably a major hypocrite, but I'm also like, you know, football's football. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And, you know, there's only so much you can do to try and make it different or quote unquote safer. I mean, it's not safe. So, you know, when you take out say a blindside block, for example, it's like, I mean, come on, like, again, what are you supposed to do? Not block the guy Yeah. because his head is turned? I mean, it's, it's silly. And how are you
1: gonna like,
0: well, and it's also I think a I mean how many of those kinds of blocks take place over the course of a game? Like 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 that's that's not a rhetorical question. Like how many do you think there are in the course of a game?
1: Like full on blindside block? Yeah,
0: like 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 big hit blindside block. Like one like one maybe. Right? You know, maybe on a punt. Or maybe on a on a big you know pass big play big run yeah, something like that the where receiver receivers downfield back, yeah. right receiver cracks back you know on a, maybe quarterback scramble something like that right I mean maybe won a game so so it, it's it's very sort of typical NCAA where you know hey we're gonna try and look like we're doing a thing and and Leach actually it's funny like I'm remembering what he said now because I didn't take you know word for word notes but but he kind of talked about how you know these rules a lot of times seem to come from somebody wanting to justify their existence as, 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 a, as, a, as a legislator, right? So they, they make a thing so that then they can go, you know, have a beer and say, look, I made a thing. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, look, we are doing something for player safety when really it's not, you know, cause we're talking again, maybe one a game, maybe, right? So, so that means, you know, if you're talking all of FBS, there's 60 games minus buys on a given weekend. So, I don't know, 50 games on a weekend? So you're talking maybe 40 or 50 of these on a weekend? It's just sort of like, you know.
1: Let's just get rid of punts. Yeah. That'll eliminate most of them. Yeah, that that would. So anyway,
0: I don't know. Anything else? Catch your your eye in there. Uh, Catch your ear maybe better. better Um, I think
1: Leach is just playing coy with uh, the running backs. I I think so too. um, He's very well known to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, um, yeah, the safety situation obviously. Um, yeah, that's interesting to hear that Skylar Thomas definitely won't be moving back there. Um, they have a few, you know, they they have a, a handful of uh, Juco's and then they uh, they have a you know like, like Daniel Isom, like a redshirt freshman yeah. or something back there. Um, so yeah, definitely replacing Jalen is going to be a huge thing because. Um, I doubt you're going to replace the talent, but you just want to mitigate the loss in some way, like uh, try to make up for it and other maybe the other safety position or whatever, because obviously Skylar Thomas definitely left some room for improvement on the other side. So um, hopefully, you know, you can mitigate it by having two guys that kind of approximate the overall quality that you had last right. year. But Jalen obviously leaves some big shoes. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure in fall camp um, you know, or in, that uh, in summer camp. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, think it's, it's good that you feel like, okay. Or that they feel like, Hey, you know, we've got this, you know, this one spot nailed down, you know, so now we just kind of have to figure out the combination in the back and, um, you and know, and they do have a lot that, of guys that, to choose from. That,
1: so. that nickel position has, Been a crucial position. It is. It really is. If they feel good about Skylar Thomas there, I'm sure that makes sense that they would just stick with him there. Because, yeah, go back to Shalom Milwani and and Hunter Dale. Like, they've been locking down that position for a long time. For the last
0: three years, that's been a real that's been a really important
1: spot playmate. It's a playmaking position because it, it does is. blitz fair, like a decent amount. And it, and it, and it, and it plays now that everyone's running four wide receivers, like yep. most of the time. So, so disruptive like, in the short passing yeah, game, like yeah.
0: it's, you know, if you, if you're real strong there, um, that's a spot that the offense has to account for. Um, that's, that's really what we saw with Luani about three years ago. Um, and then, you know, of course, Hunter Dale was, was great in that role. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I like the idea if they if they feel that strongly about Thomas there, I like the idea. Hey, let's just leave him there. He spent all spring getting used to it. Um, you know, let's have him, and he's only a sophomore. You know, so right. let's have him get ready in that spot, and then and then I think in some ways, you know, the back end's a little less important. But you know, again, there's there's about four guys I, I'm sure that could sort of end up in that spot, and, and the good news is, you know, look. You know, you've got a couple games to figure it out, right? Right. I mean, you know, the first two opponents aren't really going to test you a whole lot. Should put up plenty front, of points so. too. Yeah. So you know, the other team's going to be passing a lot <laughs> to try and uh, to try and catch up, I imagine. So uh, you know, having they'll be able to rotate some bodies back there and, and kind of figure it out before you've got to play. Um, you know, what what figures to be a pretty dynamic offense in Houston. So.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we just uh, we just got a few more weeks of uh, practices, and and uh, you know what, what? In like three episodes, we're gonna talk about a game. Oh uh, my god, that will be fun.
0: That is so exciting! Like again, super exciting, super depressing, all at the same time. But it's like fifty-five percent excitement, forty-five percent depression. So
1: for but, me, anyway. But, but you know one thing about college football that never stops, Jeff. It's true. It's cruton.
0: It's true recruit never stops we just landed w- a four-star receiver
1: four stars four four stars top 50
0: top 50
1: at his position
0: we're totally joking but but not joking this is actually really cool
1: yeah no yeah like so um yeah uh wsu uh signed four-star receiver christian We haven't signed. We haven't signed. I mean, sorry. Yeah, we got a commitment from him. Yeah. Not not to be Debbie Downer. We're we're too close to uh, signing day still, I guess. Um, But yeah, committed. Which no, you should be debonair, um, because uh, we've we've all seen what can happen with this stuff. Um, But for now, um, four star on rivals, three star composite, two four seven, um, just a a good player. Yeah. uh, by any recruiting. Um, but uh, yeah, he, interesting thing he said on Twitter, I chose the best passing offense in the country. Yeah. So what we talked about WSU having a reputation, well, there's your reputation right there.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the kid's from Michigan, right? So, um, and it's actually a really nice, uh, in, in recruiting terms, it's a really nice get, right? Where, um, You know, you look at a kid, so he's the third receiver in the class. Uh, The other two are guys who are inside receivers. You've got Cedric Pelham and Joey Hobart. Both those guys are under six feet. This kid is 6'4". He's 6'4", 210. Yeah, 210. So big kid, big receiver. Um, He had offers from Penn State. Um, went out to Penn state's, uh, camp summer camp and, and earned a scholarship while he was out there, had an offer from Missouri and West Virginia. And so, um, was a kid who was, you know, fairly highly sought after he had an an offer from Oregon too, but I guess Oregon offers like, you know, 500 kids or whatever. So, um, so take that for whatever that's worth, but he immediately became the highest ranked kid in the class. So I'm going to be interesting to see if, um, you know, if if his twenty four seven rating sort of moves up and falls a little more in line with what rivals sees him at, or or if that changes at all, so because uh, sometimes that'll happen, right? Uh, you know, one when there's kind of this big of a difference, and I guess to to put a number on it, maybe for fans who don't pay very close attention, if if twenty four seven saw him as a four star recruit, they would give him a number something like 89 or 90, 91, 92, 93. I think 94 and above, I think, is what they consider five-star kids, okay? Right. So they have given him a rating of 85. So you've got 85 from 24-7, and then something approximating like 89 or 90 or 91 from rivals, right? So it kind of creates this, this dissonance to some degree. And so, and so I'm curious to see if, um, you know, if that changes, I, w- I will say this, after watching his high school video, um, I would say that just off the video, I would lean more toward the 24 seven rating. Cause I watched the video and I was like, yeah, he's all right. Like, like I, I didn't see anything where I'm thinking, wow, the, you know, this kid is really special. Now here's the thing, the rivals sometimes will, um, you know, base their ranking off of things like, um, they, they have combines and camps that are rivals-specific camps. And so, you know, as a chance this kid has gone to one of those rivals' camps, one of the rivals' recruiter, uh, recruiting evaluators saw him up close and thought, you know, wow, this kid's incredible. You know, maybe he's, you know, grown a little bit and put on a little bit of weight and got a little faster since the end of last season. I mean, who knows? Um, the stuff I saw on video, um, really was, you know, he wasn't breaking away from anybody. That was kind of the thing where I was like, eh, you know, and again, not that you necessarily have to be a burner, uh, to be an excellent receiver. I mean, look, you look at most of our outside receivers. I mean, they're, they're not guys who are, you know, necessarily burning past anybody, but, um, he is a big kid with really good hands, really excellent body control. Um, like I say, he just wasn't really pulling away from anybody maybe he's gotten a little faster. I mean, that happens, right? So who knows, but I, I can see sort of where maybe the mid three-star ranking comes from or rating comes from on the 24-7 side, but um, it never hurts to be able to say, hey, look, we recruited a four-star receiver, even if you know only one of the services uh, uh, rated him as such.
1: Yeah, it's fun, you know, It's what Krutin's all about.
0: Scott wrote today, by the way, about how we don't have a QB in this class. Are, are you concerned at all that we don't have a QB commit yet? Because we usually have one.
1: By yeah, the, we usually do. WC usually has a, a QB recruit in the summer before the season yep. starts. But, it's usually
0: one of the first commits.
1: Um, I mean, not really, but there's also this kind of concern that eventually like, you have so many guys that it just be it becomes less appealing you know because they yep they have Cameron Cooper who's a redshirt freshman they have Gunnar Cruz who's a freshman yeah like, and if if you're looking at those guys above you who are both pretty well regarded recruits like are you thinking well do I should I really go there you know like if I go there I, I'm not playing if, if those guys both stay I'm not playing until or even right. one of them stays right I'm not playing until my junior or senior year. So you well the it?
0: one thing you know is you do you do want to keep adding to the pile, right? If you can. I mean obviously somebody yeah, has to choose a you. Yeah, especially quarterback. Right. Because I mean, look, we're losing three guys at the end of this year. Yeah. You know, three guys are so we're going to have two quarterbacks in uh, in January. So on the roster. So uh, at least two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster in January. So um yeah, yeah there was I mean, another
1: I, guy that played in the spring game. It was a real Yeah, he's a short, walk-on. Short short guy. His yeah. He's tiny. <laughs> yeah, he was, real, he was shockingly tiny.
0: Sorry, tiny backup quarterback. I don't remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you know I don't know. I would love to get get a guy in there who um, you know I would love to get a strong guy. I mean I know we're in the running for a four star kid. So you know we'll see. Maybe he'll pick. I, I I you know it seems like if you're picking a program, if you're not picking a program where you wa- where you're gonna walk right in and start it seems like this isn't a bad place to go because again, you know, you mentioned, okay, so the downside is you've got, you know, going into next year, you've got a red shirt sophomore and a red shirt freshman who will be ahead of you. Okay, fine. But the reality is there's only two guys there, you know? And so, and if you figure, okay, the if you figure the redshirt sophomore is probably gonna win the job, um, or if you just figure whoever doesn't win the job is probably gonna transfer, which is a more likely scenario, right? whoever doesn't win the job probably transfers, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you know, right there. So I, I don't think it's too weird for, for a high quality kid to want to come into this situation. It's not like there's a, a line of quarterbacks, you know, going back to you. There's only a couple guys ahead of you once you sign, but yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? I listen, I work with teenagers all day and, you know, trying to figure out what their thought process is, is sort of a sort of a fool's errand, I would say.
1: Yeah. And I think so. this, it'll it, this, uh, I'd be curious to watch this class overall because last year's class was definitely impacted by, um, a bunch of, uh, assistant coaches leaving and Leach nearly leaving. So, you know, so it was, uh, it was, um, you know, that was definitely probably Leach's worst recruiting class yep. ratings wise since he started. Yep. Um, so it's, it's nice. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll, be interesting to see if they can kind of bounce back after having a good year. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, going forward from there, like it, so uh, it will be interesting to watch over the fall. Um, cause obviously, you know, you know w- when you have this top 10 season, I think that, that saved that recruiting class. I actually, cause they had a lot of kids that committed during the season yep. um, after they were already doing really well. So um, it'll yep. be interesting to see if they, now they can have four year, four good years in a row. Hopefully yeah. they can build on that. It's something that they never were able to do with those three 10 win seasons in, in 2001, 2002, 2003. Yep. So we're hopefully after this you know 39 year wins in four years and and uh, a top 10 finish last year, 11 yep. wins, hopefully they can build on it and, and I think this recruiting class is where we can see how that impacts that.
0: And they've already got 10 guys in it, Um, you know, and they come from all over the country, which is sort of bananas. So there's four guys from California, which is, you know, really normal. Uh, But the other six guys come from Michigan, Hawaii, Texas, Indiana, Arizona, and Washington, which is kind of fun. So uh, they've definitely broadened their net. Um, It's a nice mix of offense, defense. You know, uh, they've even got, you know, a defensive lineman in there. I mean, he's a defensive tackle. He's six feet tall and two hundred and fifty pounds right now. So, I mean, we even got a defensive tackle in the fold, Craig. So I'll
1: hold my breath on that one. Yeah, two is, running
0: backs, three wide receivers, uh, a couple of DBs, couple of offensive linemen. Did I just say offensive linemen?
1: Offensive. Am I from Canada? Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: but anyway, so yeah, so I. How yeah, dare you on
1: National IPA Day? I know America's I know. beer. What
0: kind of American, am I? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so good, good-looking class so far. Ten guys before the season's even started, I think, is a great, great place to start. The only thing it's missing is the quarterback. I, I mean, I'm not freaked out about it. It just would be nice to have a good one in there to add to the pile. And uh, otherwise, shaping up good. You know, this time, like you mentioned, you know, this time last year we were kind of like where 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 are the players right um so i mean this if you figure all of these guys stick which probably won't happen but if you figure they do i mean this class is already uh you know really basically 40 percent done which is a pretty pretty cool place to be so yeah so should we uh let's see should we take one more break then come back and talk about nonsense
1: nonsense
0: nonsense we're back ready for some nonsense uh
1: give me a sec okay yes
0: okay now we're ready for some nonsense i actually have a good kid story this week so well maybe it's good i don't know it made me laugh i don't know if it'll i I try and tell it in a way that will make everybody else laugh.
1: i have a pretty good one that involves a picture that i can't share but um the people that i could share it with does this have
0: to do with your trip to the rain game
1: um yes
0: (laughs) I'm excited to hear that story again. <laughs> um, you want to start? Or you want me to start?
1: I'll, I'll start. So, okay, go ahead. Because so, I, I don't
0: know if mine can live up to yours, but you can start.
1: Okay, so um, the uh, Rain FC, which is uh, the uh, North, the National Women's Soccer League professional team uh, that Megan Rapinoe, who I'm sure you know who that is, plays for in Tacoma. I hope Tacoma. they know who
0: that is. If they don't know who that is, they need to get a life or something yeah
1: but uh but so uh although she did not play on sunday um she's uh recovering from injuries but um
0: could have used her too
1: yeah <laughs> um but so uh um i go to most rain matches and i take b with me to most rain matches uh we were looking forward to this one um i bought tickets for my uh, sister and and uh, um, her boyfriend and, and we were taking both the the kiddos. Um, and this was
0: of, like, by the way, you need to set this up. Cause like, this was a big deal. Like I didn't get tickets.
1: Yeah, it was, so I, I, you know, I go to most of the games, but I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy them for this like early. Cause I don't know, you know, the, every game they won in the world cup. So We were looking forward to this for like months. And um, so I even bought like matching uh, so I bought these matching shirts, uh, for, uh, uh Beatrix and her cousin Iris, her, her, uh, two week old cousin, her new cousin, um, new cousin. Uh, so, you know, they, it was the USA logo with the three stars, which represent the previous three world cups, uh, went championships. And then the one gold star above that and you know i bought a shirt with like similar aesthetic and and so i was just i wanted them to match for the mat for the match for the game so i thought it would be really you know really cute whatever so this is my morning uh my morning is going fine before the match we wanted to get there early to make sure we saw the pregame ceremonies and all that because it was like their official homecoming for the world cup players match you know megan rapino's there and everything and they um so i and then plus we we were had we had club seats so you're getting what you know about jeff you just get unlimited drinks so you're like well you we got to maximize that we got to get there pretty great deal yep get there an hour early and uh um so we were just uh yeah we were um uh playing to get there an hour early have have a beer my sister can drink again um and uh watch the pregame stuff enjoy watching the seven thousand plus crowd come in you know um, and, uh, so I was really excited for that. So just going through my morning, I, I kind of, I put B up, um, in bed, just hoping she would, um, take a nap. She was crying a lot and that kind of set something up later, but she was crying a lot. And I was just kind of like, sometimes you has got to let her cry and then she takes a nap. And so I was just doing that. I was taking that strategy. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, kind of warm. So I just had her, um, in a t-shirt and her diaper, she didn't have any pants on. And when I put her down, um, but so, uh, about when we were about ready to go, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, she had fallen asleep. So I'm like, cool, but I'm just going to try to get everything ready before I go and get her and get her down. So I walk over, I had set out her shirt, um, on the table. And I walk over and it feels a little damp. And I'm like, what the heck? Did we like spill some water on it last night? Someone knock over a glass? No, no, no. Um, I lift it up to my face. It has that unmistakable smell of cat piss. (laughs) Um,
0: And I'm only laughing because I've done that before where you lift it up to your face and then you take a big deep whiff and you're like, oh, shit, I should not have done that
1: so my cat and then so this is when i want to leave like to get there an hour early we need to leave in like five minutes i'm just gonna go grab b throw the clothes on her and go which i've done plenty of times and and, I, and i'll i'm like fuck god
0: damn it boy cat
1: and so uh so i was pissed the cat was not there um he was acting kind of weird so we took him to see if like, like it was, we didn't even know that this had happened, but we took him to see if he had like a urine infection or something. Cause he was, um, a, a, u- um urinary infection. Cause he was just being weird. He was like peeing everywhere. And it was, but I was getting mad and I was just really mad because he's been doing some of this stuff lately and I'm like, yeah, lucky that cat's not here. Cause, um, like I wouldn't hurt him, but I would definitely be screaming at him. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so, uh yeah I was really pissed and I you know I immediately went down threw it in the in the washer on quick wash although cat pee is really hard to get out of things but I was hoping I caught it early enough to where it hadn't like kind of like soaked into the fabrics too much um but I'm pissed now I know that I cannot leave her like either I'm just going to take B um in in whatever else or I'm going to do, you know, but a big part of this, we were looking forward to the, the two kids matching. And so it's like, you're like, man, like, it's going to be a bummer if they don't have that. So, you know, do it through the fast cycle. Uh, My sister tells me she's running late, so they're going to be late anyway. So I'm just like doing it finally, like, like I'm, I'm just, uh, I keep checking the dryer and like, it's, it's drying, but it's not fully dry. So eventually, I'm like, okay, I'll go up and get B. I'll get her totally ready, and then I'll just throw the shirt on top. Like, I'll put her pants on, put her shoes on, and I'll throw the shirt on top as dry as it can be. I go up there. B is napping with her butt in the air, not her diaper on. (laughs) Her butt is completely covered in shit. And the uh, blanket has shit on it. There's like shit on the crib and spots where you can tell she like was trying to like grab stuff she had taken the diaper out so she obviously shit in the diaper and then took it off and then like put it off to the side but there was a bunch of poop still all over her Um, so good on her for just putting it off to the side but apparently that's what she needed to fall asleep because she was like fast asleep when I went up there because I went up there I was like oh my god like oh that's what I see and I try to like get out of there before she wakes up So I can go like prep the bathtub and like, so I'm like, so I'm like texting Stephanie. I'm like, um, I got to give the kid a bath now before I go. Like definitely going to be late now. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just go get her up. I find like the shit diaper. Um, I'm like holding her at, you know, far as away as like, cause I've already put on what I'm wearing to the match. Like I'm holding her at like arm's length, taking her down the stairs, like, giving her a bath like so gross because she's just like covered in shit and and she's like getting mad at me she's like why are we doing this like i'm just like because you're covered in shit little kid (laughs) um finally get her done dried off i got the i got the pants on her and the 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 dryer just didn't have it fully done but she got a a slightly damp t-shirt on and then we finally i luckily i've been uh, working out a lot. And like, when I cool down, I like to walk really fast on the treadmill. We got there like super fast, um, walking because I, I walked her in a stroller and, but we still missed all the pregame stuff. And I got to my seats while the match was still going, but, or but the mat, after the match had started. But, but like, it was, it's pretty funny to like, you know, your best plans completely ruined by first your cat and then your kid, like, <laughs> um, uh but yeah it was it was it was a pretty crazy morning and then i went and had about four or five beers at the match and kind of forgot about all of it and and the rain got their asses kicked um which was fine whatever like i, I was just happy i was at the match i thought yeah. there was there was points in which i wouldn't made it um i wish i could show the picture but i would never do that to my daughter but like I mean that's just...
0: that's some hero dad stuff though like yeah. that's that's how you, that's
1: how you, okay. And by the way, Amanda was not home. She was at work during all this. This is just me by myself. Like, so that's why it went made to like, cause it couldn't be like, uh, otherwise it'd be like, Amanda, run the bath. Like we got, we, you know, Defcon one right here. <laughs> like, uh, and, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, it's kind of funny how, but you know, you, you're, you're like gag reflex gets trained when you have a kid and, and a pet. Yeah. Um, but that still just got me. I was like, Ugh, yeah, uh, uh, like, uh, this is disgusting. And I just left everything covered in shit. I'm like, I don't have time for you right now. I'll get you when we get back from the game. Like, it's just like, it's not going to happen right now. Like, I'm not going to take 20 minutes to clean all this up and start the laundry. I'm just going to deal with yeah. it. And B's room is going to smell like shit. So, yeah. <laughs> which it kind of always does anyway. Yeah. That's
0: kind of how it goes. <laughs> yeah for sure.
1: But yeah, that was my hectic ass uh, Sunday morning.
0: <laughs> you know, the fact that you even made it to the game I think is is a testament to uh to your dadness. So good job.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Thank you.
0: So let's see. I was up so here's here's my moment. I was up on a ladder uh ceiling and caulking some windows because uh, as I mentioned we are painting our house this summer among many other silly projects. And so I'm up on a ladder. And and so last weekend, um, my, my two younger kids, uh, went camping with my dad and his wife. So they went camp and they went camping for like four days. Um, and so the oldest was home. And so we were like, you know, let's, uh, you know, let, let's make sure he has a good time. Let's make sure that, you know, he's, he's feeling special, you know, he's 12. Um, okay, great. So, you know, I, I'm, he we we had his friend one of his friends come over and stay the night. He hung out, stayed the night, and then the next morning, uh, his friend's mom was like, "Hey, you know, I'll if you want, you know, he can come hang out at our house for the day, and then you know they'll get basically two days together." We were like, "Great!" So he went off to uh, to his friend's house, and you know I was home all day with Sarah, and we were just you know again doing you know odd things around the house to get get the house prepped to be painted. And so I'm, I'm up on this ladder up, you know, basically under my, my eaves on the second story, you know, putting caulk, you know, in this crack. And, and he comes back, his, his, uh, his friend's mom brought him back and, and he gets out and I'm like, Hey bud, how's it going? He's like, good. I'm like, did you have fun? He's like, yeah, what'd you do? Oh, we went out to dinner, you know, whatever. And then he goes, he goes, Hey, by the way, and I said, okay, what? He goes, are Tristan and Atticus back? And I'm thinking, Oh this is so heartwarming. Like he misses his little brothers and you know, like it's, 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 you know, this is not a thing that the 12 year old typically does. Right. Normally he's like, get away from me. Like you, you know, like vermin or whatever. Like, like, he just doesn't really want to be bothered by his, uh, by his younger siblings. But the way that he asked it made it sound like, Hey, are they home yet? You know? And I was like, Oh, this is so nice. And I said, no, they're not. I said, do you, do you miss somebody? And he goes, Well, actually what he said was, I I go, um, see, I've already screwed up the story. He goes, you know, are are they home yet? And I said, no. I said, they're not going to be home till tomorrow. I said, do you miss them? And he looks at me like deadpan and goes, slumps his shoulders and goes, no, I wish they were (laughs) staying away longer and then walked inside the house. And I'm like, what an awesome family I have created here, a loving, I have fostered a loving environment where everybody is valued, and, and everybody cares about everybody. And I'm just like, <laughs> just, like I was cracking up on the ladder. I'm just like, because again, the way he asked it was just like, it, it sounded very sweet. And then like as soon as I said, oh no, they're not home yet, but they'll be back tomorrow. And then his, his shoulders just slump. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? And he's like, I wish they were staying away longer. And then he walked inside. I'm just like, Parenting's great. Parenting's great. Of course, of course. I don't know. We got any other nonsense?
1: No, I think that's good.
0: That's good for the nonsense.
1: I think that's good. We we can uh we can run a little slightly shorter this week.
0: Just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: You know, we had that one negative review from yeah, I know,
0: I know. Somebody actually reviewed us and didn't really like our show, which. I don't know about you, Craig, but cut straight to my
1: heart. So to to make us feel better, can you please give us a five star review?
0: Yeah, give us a five star review and leave a nice review. Like like those are two different things, by the way, right? The the stars. Yeah, you on can iTunes, just click stars and then right,
1: and then skip past the yes the review.
0: But leave us a you know leave us some kind words also would be great. If you don't like us, then please just you know don't review us and then don't listen anymore. I guess. But it really does help people find the show uh, when you rate us and review us highly. So I would appreciate if you would do that. And somebody sent us an email last week, Craig. Yes. So we and we answered it.
1: I, I, yeah, I answered it thoroughly. Uh, yeah. And uh, so if I, I have it set up where I, I won't go weeks without seeing them. If you send one, uh, I have it set up. So I'll get a notification. When do you send me the email? Um, so feel free to send us emails to podcast versus everyone at gmail.com that's versus with a vs that's right um yeah send us email questions comments rebuttals yeah agreements agreements whatever.
0: yeah any of that stuff and if, and if you ask us a good question you know maybe if we get enough questions eventually we'll, we do we'll actually bag. answer questions on the show
1: yeah but we we're, about, we're about we're about Um, 30 questions too short of that right now. That's true. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Well, Craig, I think that's good. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. We'll talk to you guys later.